people don't even I don't even say I'm skippy from family ties to try to get laid anymore. Really? <laughs> I so, say that. It's another, it's... Travel back in time to the eighties. Reliving the music. Now we're up to the latest hit by English singer Phil Collins. The Zingers. Whose husband are you, dog face? <laughs> Whose husband are you looking for? <laughs> and the self-indulgence. Chicks dig me. Because I rarely wear underwear. And when I do, it's usually something unusual. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. Hitting a high note. Today, at last, our interview with Family Ties' Mark Price. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby? Who's Mark Price, you might say? You don't have to ask, because Sean is Mark Price, weren't you? Yes, indeed. In high school, at Camp Hill High School, um, I was known, one of my uh, myriad nicknames, as Skippy. Right. Skippy, uh, Michael I J. Fox's Mr. buddy. Mr. Dickey, our social studies teacher, one day he comes in and says, you know who you look like? Skippy from Family Ties. And the entire class was like, wow! <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> and from that point on, uh, yeah, I was Skippy. I made it work. I made it work for me, you know? Well, Mark, was somebody. Mark Price has made it work for him as well. Yes, he has. He turned a... Uh, he, I think he appeared in the back half of the show when it was playing in the 80s, playing Michael J. Fox's buddy and uh, would-be romantic suitor to Mallory, right? Very, very... Yeah, that was a tough, tough storyline. A lot of us guys who never got the girl, like Spears. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> But yeah, he loved Mallory. Mallory didn't love him back. Unrequited. And yet, Skippy blossomed nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as an actor, he went on to uh, host, was it, Win, Loser Draw, which was recorded in Orlando in the late 80s and early 90s. The teen version, I believe. The he was like version. big in the mouse house. Disney wrapped Skippy up in its arms and says, hey, if Mallory's not going to love you, we are. Oh, we are. And he did a lot of mouse <laughs> yeah, house yeah. work. He went on to... Uh, to become a producer in Hollywood, uh, you might have a couple years ago. He was the executive producer and creator of the Green Collar Comedy Tour. Absolutely, and um, it just so happened that a few weeks ago, I was we were sitting here in the um, humble headquarters building, stuck in the eighties. Yeah, and an email pops up, Boink. Sa- saying, "Hey, it's Mark Price, aka Bow. Skippy. Yeah, you want guys want to have a chat?" And I thought, "Holy just crap!" Like so uh, Mark uh, was touring; it still is touring, I believe. U.S. He does a lot of stand-up acts these days. You know, stuck in the days, we used to go out looking for interviews, begging people to talk to us, and now these fish just jump into our boat. Boom. Skippy. Right. So he was supposed to come to Tampa Bay and do a comedy act. It got uh, nixed at the last minute. 
But that's still kind of how he makes his living on top of all the producing work he does. So, Too many groupies, and they worried about his safety. <laughs> right. So we had to ship him out of the state. <laughs> so exactly. So chances are you'll get a chance to see him in your town soon. We hope he comes back here. The majority of our interview will be talking about family ties. We'll be talking about his stand-up back. Very We're infectious curious. laugh. We're very curious. Yeah, yeah he's Mark got a Price very... Has, Skippy has a very infectious laugh. You know, I once interviewed Clay Aiken from uh, American Idol fame. And he had a very much the same laugh. It was like this. That's the only fake laugh you ever do. It is. No, I love this. Skippy is great. He gives us lots of tidbits on Michael J. Fox, the inner workings of Hollywood, what the set was like on Family Ties. You know, and Family Ties was really that whole must-see TV, that Thursday night lineup. Would it go Cosby, Family Ties, Cheers, then Night Court? Has there ever been a two-hour chunk of television entertainment to top that? Probably not. Not in our lifetimes. No. Let's get going. I'm so excited to hear this interview again. Ladies and gentlemen... Mark Price, a.k.a. Skippy, a.k.a. Sean Daly's doppelganger. Enjoy. Hey, Mark. Hello there. Hey, this is Sean Daly. I'm the music critic at the Tampa Bay Times, but when I heard that we were going to talk to you, I demanded to be part of this podcast. How are you? Because of my musical prowess. Exactly, exactly. I hear you can rock. Um, but also, uh, because in high school, and maybe Steve told you about this, um, I was the spitting image of you. In fact, we, were, we, we could have been twins. So, of course, in high school, I took on the Skippy handle. You know, which was not, I, I, it, was, you know, it was okay, but I, I dated a cheerleader. It was you know, rather beneficial. You know, but handle man. There you, you go. A cheerleader. There you go. All right. So is that what out. you said? You dated a cheerleader? Yeah. She was, so it, yeah. It paid off for you. Yeah. She was dirty. <laughs> it was one of the dirtier cheerleaders. But, um, <laughs> um, but Mark, let me ask she you. Was, so, she was an ugly cheerleader, but yeah. she was a cheerleader nonetheless. Uh, Mark, let me ask. So you're rolling through Florida on your comedy tour. Um, we do have, I guess, some kids, you know, uh, listen to the show. Like, how bawdy is your stand up routine? Well, the kids don't come to the uh, the clubs. You know, we're at the Orlando Improv the other night and stuff like that. You have to be of a certain age to get in bars. You know, people drink the, the the alcohol marketing mechanism is what drives these comedy clubs. You know that. And so, um, it's, you don't really have to worry about it. There's no kids. All right. It, it, do but you, do you if there were kids, I could do it because they ask you sometimes to go on a cruise or there's special events for a charity show or something, and they go, "Hey, it's a and you're the guy from Family Ties, and we're going to have families and stuff." And I'm fine with it. I, you know, I, my act isn't all about dirty jokes, so no, no big deal. Now, were you when you when in Family Ties were you the cut up on the set, or were you funny even back then? Was I funny back then? Well, you know, I played Skippy, so we had we had some fun. But I wasn't the funny guy on the set. No, you know who that was? Guess right now who that was. Well, Michael J. Fox certainly held his own. I don't want to dock him off uh, the uh, out of running, but I would likely have to give that gold medal to the guy who played the dad on the show. Wow. Michael Gross, really? Michael Gross. I know you wouldn't expect that. <laughs> but, but he had uh, I don't know maybe it's just me personally or whatever he had me cracking up a lot he was funny he yeah. was really funny just on the on the set and uh, to the side now how, how old were you when you were the, you, I mean we're roughly the same age so you must have been 17 18 
Sure, I'll go with that. I don't know how old you are, and I don't want to give away my relation, but okay, if we must share. I started very young on the show. I was like 13, 14 years old when I first uh, popped in. I guess I was 14. I had to have been 14, because I had gone on the Merv Griffin show as a 14-year-old comedian. And that's one of the ways that NBC found me and stuff. And uh, that's how long I've been doing stand-up comedy for. I don't know if you know that, but uh, I was one of those little kid performers. Oh, I hate you guys. I you hate just want to smack them around. I hate the kid performers. <laughs> you want to rub their face in reality? Yeah. I was one of those kids. I adore you now, but I, I, I yeah, I hated the kid performers, you know? Oh, God. And they had a little girl. She was on one of those America's Got Talent shows or whatever. She sang opera. Did you see that? She was like seven years old. Oh, Lord. A few months back, and she was like, memories. <laughs> you know, and I was like, of what? You're seven. You don't have any memories. <laughs> memories of when you were six? What are you... Now, anyway, how, how much of your material these days? I mean, obviously, you when you do one of your shows, are you you immediately bust into the family tie stuff? You kind of link people, like, oh, that guy. Well, I guess people know it's you when they go. Right? You know, that's so funny. You should say that, but I I don't. I know you're an '80s show and all, and that's the whole idea here. But we, I don't immediately bust out family ties. People don't even. I don't even say I'm skippy from family ties to try to get laid anymore. Really? <laughs> I so, say that. It's another, <laughs> it's, I say I'm the voice of Stewie on Family Guy. Oh, there you go. I <laughs> say I'm skippy. If they're drunk enough, laid. that gets them very excited. Hey, speaking of drunk enough, I read on the internet somewhere, um, I think it was Grand Rapids, Michigan, that a woman reached out and ferociously grabbed your testicles. What the hell? Ah, uh, yes. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but a memorable show nonetheless. First of all, it was like at a comedy club that was like a, at a hockey rink or something. It was like some <laughs> weird place. And it was her biker boyfriend who stood up, <laughs> who made made the event even more memorable. Uh, I, but yet, as memorable as it was, I can't really remember it right now. <laughs> I do remember that. She grabbed my balls. Wait, she grabbed your balls? Oh, oh then... I remember what happened. Okay. So when she grabbed my balls, and, and now please, so let's not turn this into some sort of exclusive, um, you know, this is... I, I, this was, I'm explaining exactly what happened here, okay? okay? I kind of borderline hit her. I pushed her. I, I moved my hand in a, in a, in a, in a decisive <laughs> stop squeezing my balls manner. Yeah. In a form of self-defense. Let's yeah. be very clear about this. There's nothing the funny, right? Or no for Chris Brown or anything like that. But the result was that it, I did something that, but it was a, it was a trigger reaction. When someone grabs your ball, your hand flies out to prevent that. Absolutely, right? Okay, you get that, right? Right, I have balls. Ninety nine percent of the time, yes. <laughs> then the uh, <laughs> good point. Good point. There are those times when it's okay. If, if Justine Bateman reaches up for my balls, I'm going to let her grab them. Oh, right. No, there's times when you pay for that. But no, we're talking about this was during a comedy show. And it wasn't, and it was done with, without without love. There was no, there was no love there. Anyway, was it something you said? You realize that we're, I was out in the audience, like interviewing people or something. She just, she just went for a grab. She just it was like a an ass pinch, but up front. I don't know. But you we were talking about twenty five years ago, so it's crazy. But then Family Ties was twenty five years ago, and we're talking about that still. So why not? Yeah. Hey, so you know, so on the show, Skippy in love with Mallory has trouble landing Mallory. When you were on the, sh- but like off screen, you must have been. Were you getting tons of chicks? I. I did okay. I, um, you know, Jerry Lewis, I got to hang out with and meet, and, and he told me he did better than Dean Martin. Oh, 
Wow. Wow. That was his thing. You know, now, whether, I don't know if that's true or if Steve Martin would agree with that. You know, who knows? Yeah, and like, Jerry Lewis is such a humble man, too. So. <laughs> of course. So, theoretically, you know, I did fine. I, I know Fox uh, certainly could pull any, any woman he wanted, but he, he was always in committed relationships, right? You know, I never had a was real really, Hey, do you, so. do, you, do you keep in touch with... Uh... With, uh, my with the gang, with the, yeah. with the with the gang, yes, we all kind of uh, once in a while uh, either uh, run into each other somewhere. Or we just had a little reunion of everyone that was fun, and uh, but it's it's another lifetime ago. You do understand that, right? Like, yeah, it's so long ago, and that's why when we do shows like if the Stampers coming up or at the Orlando Improv, the other night, the people in the audience really uh, some of them remember the old show, but they're really there for a whole other reason, and it's kind of a whole other event. And, so you what's know? your so what do you so you're cruising around you're doing all this stuff now you, you, all this like body lay talk now are you a, you're a single guy I'm a single guy but there's a, what body lay talk I've been in Florida for uh, the whole month of March I haven't met anyone less than 106 <laughs> the, uh, I have nah, not found a uh, I'm calling the spring break hip. <laughs> well, you know, I, we got... I, I'm waiting I think it might be coming up here and uh, coming to Tampa and St. Pete where we get some. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we have uh, Vanessa Hudgens and Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber all in town right now doing some movie. So there you go. So I'm going to fit right in. Right. (laughs) If if you want a 14-year-old, this is your chance. (laughs) You know, what we used to do, uh, teen win-loser draw in Orlando. That's probably um, one of the bigger things I did in Florida for a long time. I don't know if you remember that was on the sure. Disney Channel. Yeah, did you guys film that? You filmed that in Orlando at Disney. We did that in Orlando, and a lot of the kids that were on the show at the time, or the teens or whatever, were young stars uh, from the different sitcoms and things as celebrity guests. And so, like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was one of the kids, and uh, somebody just showed me a clip of that. It was fun. I remember he walked in; he had a real star aura about him, just you know, right away. Um, and uh, but nearby were the Mickey Mouse Club kids, right? And that was Britney Spears and oh. Justin. Timberlake and all that. And so I was like 19 to 20, somewhere in that age, and I didn't have a guardian, and I, I, I had my own little apartment or whatever, and they were all like with their parents and stuff. So my point is, there was a time when Justin Timberlake thought I was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, I thought you were going to tell me you, like, hooked up with Britney or something. No, please. Come on now. Come on. (laughs) Well, you know, you know. I I have a feeling you have these uh, celebrity encounters that you're just dying to tell us. Um. She was so young. When, I mean, you have to understand they were really little kids at that point. Uh, who yeah, knew she okay. would go bald well, we before me? We want people to remember <laughs> Mark Price like that. Yeah. Hey, true or false, uh, Crispin Glover is a childhood friend of yours. True. Wow. His father was a great actor and acting teacher and famously plays the bad guy in one of the big James Bond movies. You could look into that. I don't know if people realize his father was a big actor. And... He and uh, my dad knew each other. His dad and my dad knew each other. And uh, Kristen was in an acting class that, you know, for teenagers, like a young person's acting class. And his dad suggested it to me. So I showed up at that class. And, of course, Kristen was like my only link to, you know, I knew his dad and friends of the family and that kind of thing. And he took me under his wing. And he took me to go see Clockwork Orange and, uh, you know, Pink Flamingos and oh, weird man. movies and things. And... Uh, and, 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 you know, he's such a deep, amazing talent. Uh, it was inspirational. It really was a good thing for me. I, I, I appreciate that. And that whole class was great, too. The teacher was a New York Broadway actor. I just love that class. 
man, Clockwork Orange with, with Crispin, Crispin Glover. Glover. Oh, no. I'd be terrified. Okay. Well, you, well, you opened my eyes to that whole world. And before that, I was all like Mel Brooks and Woody Allen and only comedy and things like that. And he kind of showed me the way. And then, of course, he was in the Back to the Future movie and was so brilliant in that. And I don't know if you know the story. He's not in the sequels. Right. There was some sort of contract dispute or something like that. He wanted a million dollars for the two sequels, don't you? Uh, not even a million each. A million dollars for the two sequels. He was arguably, next to Michael J. Fox, one of the biggest parts of the first film. Right. No, you can't take away from Michael J. Fox, of course. But he did his part to make that first film as special as it is. Sure. He deserved a million dollars for the second, too. I would think so. What they do? They just ended up like editing his old footage or something like that? It was rude. They did something weird. They had a look-alike. They did all kinds of things. It was just rude. They wrote around them and stuff. I, I think he got something. In the end, I think they sued and got to, I don't know what happened, what went down exactly, but it was messy. And that, uh, and they filmed uh, they filmed uh, Back to the Future while he was while, while Michael was still working on uh, Family Ties, right? Like At the same exact time, wasn't it? That is correct. We did both things. He would come to the set in the morning and then be there all. He would work the movie at night. Jeez. All right, so give us a little about uh, Michael J. Fox. Now, pretty squeaky clean image back then. I know he, he was a smoker, right? That's about as bad as it got with him? Yeah, but uh, he, was, he wasn't uh, anything but uh, a traditional uh, young actor right. making it in Hollywood in the 80s. <laughs> he just didn't, I, I think everybody was going overboard a little bit, but I don't think he went overboard more than anybody else. Would you guys go and tear it up together? Yeah, I would hold the drinks in the purses, and uh, <laughs> he would. Um, people often ask me, "What is it like working with Michael J. Fox?" I say it was really amazing. He was. It was if he was half teen, half wolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. no, no, Mark, come on! <laughs> All right. No, I mean, was it? I mean, kind of bring us back a little bit. Like Michael J. Fox was like the big teen star at the time. There must have been, um, you know, all these. I mean, was it like a Bieber thing with him? I mean, was he was a teen idol, right? No doubt, no doubt. Couldn't got to the point where when it really got crazy after the Back to the Future movie and the show was number one or two or whatever it was. It was number two, I guess. Um, he would, uh, you know, got to the point where he couldn't even go to the. 7-Eleven or whatever. It never really got fully that way for me, but I saw it with him. And it got crazy for me. I, got, I reached, I had a few moments there, but uh, I was always appreciative that I was uh, in the position I was in, that I never, that I was able to, you know, maintain that kind of normality, even if it meant drunk college kids coming up to me going, Scoot! Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, that, that's actually kind of a cool thing you bring up, because here you are, you're on this huge show that millions of, must see TV, right? That was like the advent of NBC having um, sure, a yeah. Thursday night lineup, you know. And so you go out, everyone knows you're Skip, you're on this big show. I mean, was that tough for you to keep your head straight? I mean, did you have moments of like being a diva, being a heva? I uh, was, uh, I'm sure I had my moments. I um, <laughs> talked to, talk to everybody I worked with back then. You'll hear a few stories, I'm sure. But I think I was a little humbled uh, because my dad had been in show business. I'd been around it for so long. And uh, I was, uh, oh, who knows? I, I had to answer that. I guess, you know, when you're young and you've got that kind of uh, excitement around you and that kind of money coming in and you think, you know, you just think, wow, this is, wow, I'm one of those people. This is great. Yeah. It's a different world though, nowadays. <laughs> I, I mean, am lucky. I, mean, I felt lucky. 
Yeah, I mean, you were so lucky because you... I never took it for granted. That's what I mean. I never went, oh, okay. I was always like, wow, this is a real gift. This is great. Well, I mean, you're lucky enough to, too, that you didn't have uh, TMZ in your face. You didn't have, uh, you know, inside access. All, all the crazy celebrity culture that's grown up now over the last 10 or 15 years, what didn't really exist in the 80s. Is that the case? I don't know about that. I think it started back then, but with Entertainment Tonight and all that kind of stuff. But it was, yeah, it was a little more innocent, perhaps. Um, it, it started back then, but you're right. It's gotten crazy now that everyone wants to be famous. Everyone wants me to be, wants me to want to be famous again. You know, I've been doing the behind the scenes thing in Hollywood these days. I work behind the scenes. I don't know if you know that. I've oh, been yeah, writing and producing for TBS and E and Animal Planet and Game Show Network and, do you know, any of these. What's more satisfying, uh, working on a really good project behind the camera or, or, you know, working a, a sold out club? Well, uh, I wouldn't know because I haven't worked on a really good project behind the camera yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've done uh, uh, best cable shows, but I am working on basic cable. But I'm working on we're working on it. That's the thing, you know, when you've been on a part of such a great thing like Family Ties, it sets a high bar. Right. And uh, you could look at that as a bummer, like, oh, man, will I ever achieve that level of greatness again? Or you can look at it as an inspiration, a way to wake up in the morning and say, hey, I've got something to strive for here. i got, I got I to get to work. Hey Mark, is there somewhere where you have a, like a website you want to hype Twitter. some stuff here? I uh, don't know about uh, a, a specific website um, that I want to send people to, but they can Facebook me. I'm, uh, I'm on Facebook, and um, I'm going to be at the Improv in Las Vegas at Harris the first week in May, and I'm going to be at the Catch a Rising Star in Princeton, New Jersey, the weekend of April 13th and 14th. And what else do we tell you? That's you, and I love Twitter? coming to you... Florida because it's not the real South. <laughs> it's more like New Jersey with humidity. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Hey, Mark, we really appreciate the time you spent with us today. Love your guts. Thanks, Mark. See you soon. Bye. I had fun with that interview. I love that like interview. Man, I Jack, you gave me some Easter candy before this show. Yeah. I'm, and out of respect for Chase Squires. God forbid I eat anything, getting any sort of sustenance while, uh, while providing free entertainment. I had to eat my candy before the show, and so I'm a little hyper. I have a lot of sugar in me. It's going to hit me any second now. Or not. You know, you, you know what's about to hit you? Square in the face? The, the Seggies. Ah, uh, the mystical afraid of reader mailbag. I love it. And um, our letters have been way hot lately. Do we have? Do we actually have letters this week? We have two. And for the sanctity of the show, I have uh, sealed the letters in an airtight container. <laughs> Sean Daly, will you please open them now? Yeah. Why? Why are you being so secretive? I just I think it's important to the Did show. I win something that everyone knows. You haven't read these ahead of time, and let's just have some fun, oh pal. Oh, this the first one looks to be about me. Did I get fan mail? You got fan mail. Ah, Okay, the first one is from the great Dan Bay. You know, Dan Bay is one of the, the rare listeners who always supports me and loves me, and now he's finally giving me a big pat on the back. Let's read this. Um, from Dan Bay, uh, a letter to Mr. Sean Daly. Sean, I love you. Ah, No, not in that way. Simmer down, Francis. You know I love you, but during the Martin Short podcast, one of our great shows I of all time, that show. we've done six, seven hundred shows now, and I say the Martin Short podcast in its entirety, maybe the best hour of podcast entertainment we've ever delivered. 
Wow. Yeah, high praise. Bold. Uh, but during the Martin and Short podcast, you officially poked the bear. Whoa, 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 whoa. And I unfortunately have to step up. So Dan Vey is not happy with me. Uh, my source spot is Huey Lewis. Yeah, yeah, Huey Lewis. He, 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 he uh, uh, berated me. He, he screamed at me many years ago. How many years ago was oh, that? Oh, God, that's five years ago. Yeah. I love the guy. Oh, I guess. Oh, they loves Huey Lewis. Okay. He and the news got me through the 80s. <laughs> uh, in a decade marked by pseudo-glam rock, makeup, and questionable fashions, their brand of t-shirt and jeans rock and roll got me through a lot. I understand they are a punchline to some, but hey, so be it. Let me tell you something right now, Dan Vey, before I continue reading your letter, which I have a feeling is going to take a turn for the worse. I love Huey Lewis, don't I? Yeah, you did. You once did. No, I, I, I love him. Uh, trouble in, trouble in paradise. Look, that's not even a hit. It's like a B-side. I still know the words. Uh, <laughs> now, I know the Huey Lewis podcast is always a go-to source for jokes involving surly guests. Maybe not so much as Wopat, so I guess that's something. But you always seem mystified as why Huey seemed agitated. Huey seemed agitated because he had just woken up. You know, it was an early morning. Yeah, interview. He, he had to, yeah, he had to go to the, a golf tournament. I saw him later, and he looked like, God, he was 175 years old. Anyway, finally, during the Martin Short interview, said, and I'm paraphrasing. I only asked him something like, "What song he likes to play during concerts?" And he goes off saying, "That's like asking a parent what child he likes best." I don't know what was wrong with him. I, I never said I don't know what was wrong with him. Uh, Vay is paraphrasing. Just read Vay's letter. But really, in that interview, which was going great, by the way, I don't remember going great. But whatever. You asked Huey what his favorite uh, Huey Lewis in the News song was. He said he likes them all. You, sa- you said, come on. You say that, but every band has one. It's like asking a parent what child is their favorite. They say they don't have one, but deep down inside they do. Now, I remember that, and I remember trying to tweak Huey a bit, right? Then it was Spearsy who asked him, what song do you begin to play in concert that the fans go wild for? And Huey said that was a better question. Oh, yeah. That's a Mike Wallace special, that one. Really, you went all morally safer on our asses. This is ridiculous, this letter. Look, I obviously have too much time on my hands. Guilty as charged. Yes, you do, Dan Bay. And you were raised by Huey Lewis in the news, which I think is a much bigger problem. And maybe that's why you have so much time on your hands these days. If you were raised by Lita Ford, you'd be rocking it right now. But I love you guys. I love your podcast, and I love the Huey interview. But as a fan, I couldn't let this one slide. Yeah, you're a cop. Uh, if a reader called, wrote in, totally misre- mis- totally misrepresenting an interview you guys did, I would hope you would do the same to them. It's not like you guys have to remember a thousand interviews or, oh, wait, you do. By the by, you all have a care package en route to show that despite my Huey fanaticism, I will never quit you. Never. Yours in the 80s, Dan. Do you think I need a nickname? I think I need a nickname. What about Pokey? Vey in Oregon. Yeah. I got a fun little nickname for you, Dan Vey. How about this? Mother Too much? Who's right? You know what? Referee this, Spears. You're sitting back like the cat that ate the canary. I was all excited about Dan Vey. I thought Dan Vey was going to put me up on his shoulders and parade me around town like in the music, man. But no. What happened here? Well, in football parlance... Yeah, you're a football ref. You looked around to see if a ref was watching. You saw that there was none, and then you pushed Huey Lewis in the back. (laughs) You clipped him. How many? What is that? 10 yards? That's 15 yards in the spot of the foul. That's crazy. Blocking the back would just be 10. But you went for the full clip. All right. I love Dan Vey. Dan Vey's upset. I really do like Huey Lewis. I got a crap I know. You told Huey Lewis that there's no... I remember what's your line about Huey Lewis used to always say. 
Uh, there's no such well, thing nothing, as a bad nothing go, day. Nothing go wrong when a Huey Lewis new, uh, news song is playing. Right. Nothing go bad. Nothing bad can happen to you. I still feel like that. However, Dan Bay kind of ruined that Let me ask me. you. I mean, I don't want to get too much of a side here, but do you find that when we have a bad interview, which we've had maybe a handful, do you find that you don't like the music so much anymore? You know, that's a really, really good question because, you know... I'm a music critic, and I, I, I interview a lot of rock. I'm a rock critic. I interview a lot of rock stars. And sometimes you have such a disastrous interview with them. You're like, oh, really? Because these are like your heroes. And some guys you don't want to interview because, my God, your whole life is built. That's how you define yourself. The fabric of your life is this music. And I remember like um, – not that I was ever a huge Coldplay fan, but the Chris Martin interview didn't go very well. I mean, has it ha- happened to you at all? Well, Cindy- how about with Frankie Sullivan and Survivor? <laughs> no, Cindy Lauper. <gasps> I don't like her so much anymore. I feel bad, but it's it's one of those things you can't control. I think my yeah, it's, thing like, is, it's I, like when a friend betrays you in a way, like Vey and you want to, yeah, like, like Vey has betrayed you, yeah, and how uh, Chase Squires betrayed us. Ooh, it's so, ooh, it's one of those things squire. you don't forget. You try to put it out of your head, but when you see that person or you hear that person, it yeah. Tri- now it every triggers, time I look uh, at naked pictures of Chase Squires, I can't enjoy them like I used no. to. Sorry, too much. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, a little bit, but I think when I hear a Cindy Lauper song like "Money Changes Everything" or, or "Shebop" or "Goonies" or whatever, like I still like these songs, but I think, oh man, that was a bad. Yeah, it, it bad cues idea. bad memories, you know. Bad and memories. you know, I, I go to parties and I talk to people, and people always want to ask who have you talked to, and those kind of get drummed up like the bad ones. Yeah. But on um, the flip side of that, Stephen Q. Spears is I loved Va- or ACDC before I talked to. Brian, Brian Johnson. Johnson, and now I really lo- now every time I hear you see these, I'm like, I know this guy. You yeah, know? I, I will admit though, I get I do the same thing when uh, when I, when an interview goes really well, like you did with Naked Eyes or ABC or Human League, I became a Uber fan after that. Yeah, but oh well. Anyway, we, we have more, to- we have more letters. Oh, sorry. I don't want to oh, make yeah. it too long. Do we have a happy one here? Yeah, this is a happier oh, one. Oh, Kevin Wench, Kevin Wench is so great. He another one who always supports me. He would never ever turn his back on me. Hey, two amigos. Aww. Oh, that's nice. Always a good day when a new podcast po- goes up uh, for the fun and games. Oh, yeah. All right. So last uh, last week's show, we had a fun little quiz where um, who, who is the writer who, uh, who did that? Somebody sent in a, a letter and did some great quiz. And they had a menu, a menu for each day of the week, but it was based on food items culinary staples from certain John Hughes movies that he had directed and written and stuff. It was a great little quiz. We asked everybody to play along at home. We gave you what the menu item was. We didn't give you what the movie was. Steve, how many people played the game? About a half dozen, and they all did as we asked. They gave us the answer with the subject line, Chase sucks. (laughs) Chase Squires, of course, the last episode, we we, you know, Chase um, was aghast, was sickened, turned sour by a show we did where we were eating an assortment of tubed meats on the show. Steve's Angus, a brat. I had a Chicago dog. Yeah, the more we talk about it, the less fun it, it seems. It was delicious. When you keep saying tubed meats <laughs> and you enunciate name. it so well. Is there a band called Tubed, tubed Meats? Tubed Meats. Um, anyway, so Chase was furious and we had a little fun with Chase. We love him. And um, it's all yeah. water in the anyway, bridge. No one really thinks you suck, Chase, except for Dan Bay. 
You'll be getting Dan Vey. Dan Vey will write a letter cascading or ripping, denigrating you next week. Anyway, uh, here were the answers to our fun uh, John Hughes uh, mealtime quiz. As supplied by Kevin Winch. Our, our big winner. Yes, Kevin Winch is the, is the winner. Uh, Sunday, quiche and appetizing food fit neatly into interesting round pie. That, of course, is from 16 Candles. On Monday, hamburger helper without the hamburger and some real tomato ketchup, Betty. That, of course, is from National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, Tuesday, pancreas from Shea Key. Steve, what's that from? Ferris Bueller. That's right. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Wednesday, schooner tuna, the tuna with a heart. From Mr. Mom, of course. Uh, Thursday, the old 96er, complete with fat and gristle from the great outdoors. Friday, a nice greasy pork sandwich served in a dirty ashtray from Weird Science. And Saturday... Um, there was a choice of uh, items, but uh, obviously he got them. They were all from the Breakfast Club. From the Breakfast Club. Okay. Oh, and, and Kevin Wench continues. Uh, let's see what he has to say. By the way, in the last podcast, Sean implies that Martha Davis and the Motels have one good song. I don't think that's what I said. I'm pretty sure that's what no, you said. No, I said they had one hit. One hit, which also might be incorrect. That, Mr. Daly, is ludicrous. You know, I try, Steve. I try to entertain America. I try to find time in my busy schedule to come in here and, and, and spew some glee and some witticisms and fun, and this is what I get. No one ever rips on you. When's the last time someone said something oh, negative yeah. about you? You know, sometimes silence is the, <laughs> the, the strongest word. Uh, to joke about the motels being a one-hit wonder makes you look like a casual 80s fan, not the true expert you supposedly are. The word is supposedly. Anyway, um, I've never said I was an expert on the 80s. Steve is... Have I ever said I was an expert on the 80s? I, I'm just, I just, the emails come in. From other interviews I've heard over the years and on the web with Martha Davis, I think she's one of the most interesting female artists from the 80s and would be a great interview subject. And don't forget, she's one of the supreme beings in Bill and Ted. Never seen it. Never seen it. Sean Daly, and only Sean Daly, not Steve Spears, who is the symbol of all that was once good in this world and can be again, yes. You, Sean Daly can be so dismissive at times, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so I said Pink Floyd sucks. That was a great one. <laughs> Less than warmest regards. Kevin, I'm only sending Spearsy a holiday card now. Wench. Wow. I love Kevin Wench, too. I don't want to have hate in my heart for Wench and Vey. These are two of my favorites. I think you get it all wrong. You, They have hate in their heart for you. <gasps> Not vice versa. Yeah, you know what? I'm the, I'm the bigger, better man. Not bigger and better than Huey Lewis, as we hear, but still. <laughs> I'm the bigger, better man. I still love you, Dan Vey. I still love you, Kevin Lynch. I'm sorry if I'm less than perfect sometimes. So keep throwing your stones, your glass houses, and I'll keep, I'll keep taking the blows for you, for America, and for Stuck in the 80s. I'm out of here. Sounds like a Billy Joel song. <laughs> hey, send your emails to stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. Hey, we, as usual, we play a clip it from, uh, from a movie from the 80s, if you get it right. Um, recognition is all you get. That's all we have to give. But uh, every once in a while, we have some prizes. This week, though, I had concocted a devilish clip. Pay attention. Here it comes. What is it? Space Sharpie. Ah, that's Ice Pirates. Remember that one, Daly? You love Robert Urich? You oh. love Ice Pirates. God, I don't know why. Is it on DVD? I gotta, I gotta find out. 
Blu-ray, that, baby. That's worth owning. Criterion Collection. That's worth owning. I love it. Name some of the... We only had a few winners. Uh, I'm not even into winners anymore. These people have no hatred. Lance in Kansas. Here. Dave in Toledo. Eric Klein in Canada. Wow. Yeah, that's all you get. That's all you get from me. Wench and Vey have, 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 you know, they've sapped my strength, my spirit, my joie de vivre. Really? Nah, not really. <laughs> Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. He's a flyer. He's had two races today already. He'll die. Just swing along, you guys, and wait. If you know it, email us at stuckinsatempe.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. Ah, the mystical, symbolic beginning of Name That 80s Tune. Our oldest and proudest segment. Yes. Nothing bad ever happens during Name That 80s Tune. No one's feelings are hurt. You know, life goes on peacefully. Sean Daly eats another Twix bar. <laughs> Pay attention. I know, all that, that sugar high wasted. I was so high and then you I burned crashed. it. I could just see the gas tank emptying yeah. in front of my eyes as with each word, each as the venom. <laughs> I know. Ran the, through the, your system. Day's Venom. Yeah, that... Hey, that's his new nickname. Venom. Venom. Wow. Dan Venom Bay. That's good. I like that. It's better than Pokey. Yeah. Venom. Do you get that movie reference, by the way? Mr. 80s Expert. What's that? Uh, I, do you think I need a nickname? I think I need a nickname. Maybe Pokey. No, what's that from? Bull Durham. Pay attention. Here was last show's Mystery Tune. Yes, that's the other song that Sean doesn't remember. Suddenly, Last Summer by the Motels. It takes all my will and then suddenly Last Summer That's a good song, too. Suddenly, Last Summer You know how we had as many people who got it right, we had as many people who got it wrong. They got the band right, but the song wrong. What did they think it was? Only the Lonely. Name some of the winners, Jackass. <laughs> Um, uh, winners from this week include Don from the Steese. <laughs> is it, I never is that Sticks. You've always said Don from the Sticks. Why are you, why are you pausing Steece. now? You've become untrue of yourself, haven't you? <laughs> I have. Tim in Harrisburg, Beach Fit Rob in Houston, Shazam in St. Louis, who says this is the other song Sean obviously forgot. Damn. Damn. Edward in El Paso, King Sejong. Uh, tell Sean it's correctly pronounced Sejong. God damn it. This whole show sucks. King Sejong. Um, the Great in Korea. And Julie Nelson, who writes, I am vivacious and vivoomish. You called me that in last week's podcast. And one of your seven loyal female listener, female listeners. I prove it. Here are both answers for the mystery movie and song clips. Movie Ice Pirates, music, motels, suddenly last summer. Also, forever stuck in the 80s, Julie Nelson, Northern California. Man, people are crushing me this week. Sorry. It's just your turn. You love it. Look at your, it's your turn. Your fat face. I hate you. Look at water. Oh, yeah. Oh. Everywhere. I, I wish you could. I'm tired. You know what? Wrap up this stupid. We need a webcam segment. for for moments like oh, this. Oh man, look! It's like tears rolling down. That, yeah. so I'm sorry. I gotta clean that Sean up. Sean Daly threw a full glass of water at the studio window. It is now cascading. It's down. everywhere. Look, electronics in here. <laughs> <laughs> Things are zapping, and I'm oh, furious. Man, let it go. No one says anything about all too. the other crap I do out there. You know. 
Spears. People still talking about a Steve Perry review. I get. You done? Can we continue? I hate you. <laughs> Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email me, not Sean, because obviously he's quit. At stuckinidiots at tempe dot com, and tune in next week to find out if he's still whining. There's enough high C for lunchtime and snack time with a high C nine pack. So pick up high C nine at a time and wrap up a great value in six great tasting high C flavors. You're gonna love high C. We're back. Yeah, and, awesome. Woo! And Sean is still pouting. Awesome show. Great. You know, here's what... You know, I was on such a high after last week's show, and you want me to, to, to bring, like, the joy... No joy. It's dead. Why don't you bring someone else? Tom Jones? Yeah, woo Jones got 50 uh, fan letters. Woo, Jonesy. He's, he's more he's female like, listeners than we do. He's done, like, four flipping podcasts. The guy, the mail's still coming in for Jones. Kathy Waz. Where's Kathy? You know what? Kathy hasn't been on the show for like six years. <laughs> Stop it. No. I'm not even sure she still lives in the States. No, actually she does. <laughs> she wished me a happy birthday the other day. Oh, yeah. Where's my happy birthday, huh? Jesus. I've never seen you like Done. this. Done. I'm taking five shows off. <laughs> well, you just made it easy for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what we Venom. have this week. I'll get you, Venom, if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> Hey, that's all we have this week. Uh, along with Mark Price, Sean. Well, that's an obscene gesture. <laughs> obscene. Bad, Sean. We remain here. Really, that gesture too. <laughs> I don't even know what that one means. It just looks wrong. Screw this whole show. <laughs> we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the eighties. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at TampaBay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. Should I